You are listening to A Bigger Life, a podcast by The Crossing on how to live into God's bigger story. Hi, welcome back to A Bigger Life. I'm going to talk and pray through Psalm 71 today. And I think the best way to do it is just to start praying, and every now and then I'll say some things as I pray, say some things to you. But I think the best way, now that we've been doing this for a while, is just to start praying and sort of get right into it as a a time of prayer. And you can make my prayer your prayer. The way I would hope this podcast works is that we're just sort of learning together how to pray through the Psalms and, and, uh, example is a helpful thing, but also even if you kind of are getting the hang of it or you've been doing it for a while, I already know how to do it. Just to have somebody sort of lead and guide your prayer has always been something the people of God have done. That's what David is doing. That's what the psalmists are doing in the Psalms. They're guiding us in prayer. So that's, that's what we do for one another. And that's what I want to do for us here for you and and those who listen, and for me. And so here we go. Psalm 71, verse 1. In you, O Lord, all capital, so Yahweh, the name of God, the I am. In you, I am. In you, my covenant God, the God who is faithful to me, the God who is always 100% with me. The I am, in you, in Christ, I take refuge in Christ and Christ in me. There's so much more to this than I have any idea. The times all throughout the New Testament, over 160 times, 165 times, where it talks about being in Christ. And this is who I am because you are my faithful I am Lord. You are the I am who is always with me. The I am who is always 100% focused on me and with me without being any less focused or anywhere, anywhere else. Because you are infinite. In you, in Jesus, I take refuge from my sin. I take refuge from my worries. I take refuge from my insecurities. I take refuge from my anxieties. I take refuge from my uncertainties. In you, Lord Jesus, I take refuge from my pride, my stupidity, the things that make me my own worst enemy. I take refuge in you. Let me never be put to shame is the second part of that verse. In you, O Lord, do I take refuge. Let me never be put to shame. This is a bigger deal than I think, that I often think about, that most of us think about, the the idea of how our Actions can bring honor or they can bring shame to the name of Yahweh. And that my actions that bring shame to me just don't only bring shame to me, they bring shame to all who have associated with me as someone who represents the name of God, bears the name of God. So my prayer to you, Yahweh, my prayer to you is that you would Work in such a way in me that I would never bring shame to you, that I would never be put to shame, but in you, O Lord, that I would take refuge and therefore 
Verse 2, in your righteousness, in your righteousness, deliver me and rescue me. In your righteousness, not mine, but in the righteousness of Jesus, the perfect righteous lived life, Jesus in me and I taking refuge in Jesus, in Jesus, that I would have the righteousness of God, that I would have the record of Jesus' righteousness as my record, but also that Jesus' righteousness would also begin to live out in my life as the fruits of the Holy Spirit, as fruits of love and joy and peace and patience and kindness and goodness and faithfulness and gentleness and self-control. Incline your ear to me, the second part of verse 2. Incline your ear to me and save me. Is always in the asking that God would hear us. We have this promise that he hears our prayer, but there's something about asking. I ask you, Lord, that you would incline your ear to me. Verse 12 says, O God, be not far from me. O my God, make haste to help me. It's the asking. It's the needing. It's the knowing that I depend upon you, God. Every moment I depend upon you. I need you to act. I need you to make haste to help me. I need you to not be far from me, O God. I need you to incline your ear to me and to save me, to heal me, to bring your righteousness in my life, to never let me be put to shame, to be my refuge, to deliver me, to rescue me, to save me. Verse 3, be to me a rock of refuge to which I may continually come, my cave of refuge, my my cliff that I can stand on and overlook the enemy, that I would have a rock of refuge, that you would be my rock of refuge, that I would turn to nothing else, that I would try to find refuge in nothing else but you, the, the I am, that I may continually come to you. You have given the command to save me, for you are my rock and my fortress. I don't know how it works, God, but I know that Somehow in the mystery of things that you have decided to save me and you have decreed, you have declared, you have given the command to save me, given the command for your Holy Spirit to enliven my mind, to wake up my soul, to show me my need for you, to show me that you are my Savior, to give me a desire to come to you, a desire for you, a desire to take refuge in you, because you have given the command to save me. And so I pray the act of asking is part of it, that I pray that you would save me. I pray because I need you to rescue me. I need you to deliver me. I need you to save me, to be my rock, that I may continually come to you as my fortress, as my cave. You are my fortress. I know that you are the one who protects me, that nothing happens to me that has not passed through you as my fortress. You are the one who is always with me. So verse 4, rescue me, O my God. My God who is my trust, my God who is my security. I'm just going to read the verse and then pray it. Rescue me, O my God, from the hand of the wicked, from the grasp of the unjust and cruel. Those who would seek to gossip against me, to slander me, to ruin me by their words, to bring people against me by saying things that aren't true or saying things that are true but slanted without two sides of the story. I pray that you would rescue me from them. I pray that you would rescue me, my God, 
from the hand of the wicked and all the ways that they would drag me away with them, either through temptation or through slander or in some other way that they would bring wickedness in my life, I pray that you would rescue me from them because you are my God, always with me. You are my God in whom I trust. You are my God who is my security. You are my God who has forever covenanted yourself to me to be my God and that I would be your child forever, forever that you would be my God. This is the promise of the scriptures. Verse 5, for you, O Lord, are my hope, my trust, O Lord, from my youth. I don't know how to explain it, but somehow since I've been a teenager, you have given me a heart that trusts in you. Not perfectly and certainly with many times of sin and failure in my faith. And yet still I'm here and still I trust you. Still you are my hope because you have given the command to save me. It says in verse 17, O God, from my youth you have taught me, and I still proclaim your wondrous deeds. That all my life you have taught me through experience, through failure, through good teaching, and through reading your word, but also through just the pains of life you have taught me to trust you. You have taught me that you are worthy of my trust, and I still proclaim your wondrous deeds after all these years. I don't know those who are listening to this and praying with me in this, that I don't know your history with God, but you have a history with God. And God has given you faith in Him. Here you are listening to a podcast on prayer after all. God is working in your life and teaching you. And from your youth, He's been working in your story. Even if you didn't have faith during the time of your youth, God was working in your story to bring you to faith now. Somehow, in all the ways, by His sovereignty, all these coincidences have worked together to bring you to this point here and now where you are praying through Psalm 71 because you want God to be your trust, to be your God, to be your hope, to be your fortress, to be your rock, to be your deliverer, to rescue you. You want to take refuge in Him, in Yahweh, as your righteousness and your refuge and your rock and your fortress. And the reason why is because He's been working in your life from your youth. He's been teaching you. He's been, His Holy Spirit has been convicting you and drawing you to Him. And so we respond now in prayer. And we respond to you, God, because we want you to be our God, our Lord, our, our refuge. Verse 8, my mouth is filled with your praise and with your glory all the day. To, to have my mouth filled with your glory, your praise. Verse 15, my mouth will tell of your righteous acts of your deeds of salvation all the day, for their number is past my knowledge. I think of all the things that you have done to save me in history, all these thousands of years to bring about whatever you have brought about to bring about me. 
and to bring about the story that my life is in and to bring about the salvation that has been handed down to me one generation after another. But somehow somebody told me about Jesus and I have a church to go to and I have a community to belong to. And all that has been built over the thousands of years of you working in this salvation through history. You've done deeds of salvation and their number is past my knowledge. The things that you have done all throughout history to bring me to take refuge in you and to allow you to be my God and for me to be your child and to be part of your promise. My mouth will tell of your righteousness and your deeds of salvation all the day. My mouth is filled with your praise because you're worthy of my praise. You're worthy of my worship. You're worthy of my mouth being filled with your glory all the day because it would take all the day plus infinity to declare your praises. Infinite God, infinite Yahweh, the I am who created this universe and created me to be in your universe because you want me to exist in your universe forever and you have brought me into you as my refuge since my youth you have been working in my life and I have this long history with you in ways that I have no idea all the deeds of salvation you've been working in my life and in my story to bring me to this point because you have a future for me of refuge you have a future for me of deliverance. You have a future for me, not of shame, but of glory and honor. You have a future for me of saving me in your righteousness, your salvation, restoring me, renewing me to the full human in the image of God, of which Jesus' resurrection is just the forerunner, just the first. And so verse 20 says, you who have made me see many troubles and calamities will revive me again from the depths of the earth. You will bring me up again. This is it. This is in, in, in a nutshell. This is the suffering of life in this world of thorns and thistles and dust and death. And yet this is all for a purpose. And you are going to bring up from the depths of the earth your new creation, your new earth. And I'm going to be part of it in a resurrection brought up again from death, brought up again from the depth of the earth. You will revive me again because you've already begun it in Jesus. And even though I see many troubles and calamities, no matter what, no matter what happens in my life, no matter how bad it gets, I know that you will bring me up again. You will revive me again. You will bring me up from the depths of the earth and bring me up as part of your new creation forever because Jesus has already come. Jesus has already died and broken through the other side. Jesus is already the first, the forerunner of a new creation, and I take refuge in him. So my mouth is filled with your praise and your glory all the day. Amen. Thanks for listening to A Bigger Life, a podcast of The Crossing, a church in Columbia, Missouri. If you enjoyed this episode, please subscribe and give it a rating so people can find this content more easily or consider texting it to a friend or posting it on social media. Thanks for listening.